102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. The phone numbers, use them. 512-834-1027. It's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to post comments on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week, do so. Just make the show better if you can. Please don't suck. Try to get straight to the point. Be snarky. Be mean-spirited. It's all there for you. Just work hard to make the show better. You can post at Jeff Ward Show. Make sure you subscribe and or check out the podcast. We drop a podcast every afternoon. You can get the Jeff Ward Show podcast wherever you download your podcasts. I would suggest subscribing to the YouTube channel also, even though it's awkward and I look like Shrek. Uh, Check it out. We drop the YouTube show every afternoon as well. Here's a remarkable setup. There's so many remarkable, (laughs) weird things about this. But think of it this way. Let's start here, because I think we're going to end up talking about this later even more. But it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Remember when the AFC East with the Aaron Rodgers-led Jets, you know, the super roster and all that stuff, the Super Bowl-bound, talented Buffalo Bills, the greatest show on grass or turf, the Miami Dolphins, and, of course, the great Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Remember when that was going to be the best division in football? I mean, it was the, everything was set up on TV. I mean, the, the NFL and the networks are furious. This thing has come apart in the worst way, in so many different ways. And now, believe it or not, when you think, man, that, that division cannot get any worse, we now have, <laughs> we're going to new territory when the coach goes 9-11 on his team. This is taking it and taking a gas can to a division that is a complete mess and pouring gas on it and saying, let's just go all in. The whole division, not just one franchise, the whole division has come apart. And it was supposed to be the sexiest, coolest division in football as we're all looking forward to it. Primetime games had the Jets seven times, and now look at it. They got a quarterback who's a piece of trash, doesn't want to play, does want to play. Bill Belichick is homeless. And then the Bills coach. Then the Bills coach. The division is trash, and it's not only trash, but three, think of this, think about this, three of the four head coaches in the division probably won't be back. Imagine that. The entire division is going to get fired for good reason. Robert Sala is the head coach of the Jets. They're a train wreck. Is it his fault? I, probably not, no, um, but it's, it's a mess. He might survive the season because he gets to say, well, things would have been better with Aaron Rodgers. They would have been slightly better, but he still would get pounded too. Um, Then you've got the homeless-looking Bill Belichick, who won Thursday night somehow. I don't know. I have no idea how that happened. They are awful beyond belief. He looks awful beyond belief. I, I, I don't think he coaches the Patriots again next year. And, you know, he gets to go out and, I guess, on his terms, sort of, just shove him out the door maybe. 
And now the Bills coach is Sean McDermott, and he's probably in danger too because that team is really underachieving. It's a super talented team led by a super talented quarterback. They have no excuses. The Jets might have an excuse. Even old man Belichick might have an excuse. The Bills have no excuse, none whatsoever. But that's not even the, <laughs> that's not even the gas can of this whole thing. The Bills have underachieved, and now oh, the head coach has gone somewhere where I just, I don't know how you end up where he ended up. I really don't know. I don't. Most of us don't give motivational speakers uh, speeches, but you talk to your kids, you talk to, I don't talk to coworkers, but some of you do. You talk to coworkers, I don't, you do something inspirational for someone in your life. You would probably admit you're not the best. You'd probably admit that I don't know that I always get it right. I don't know that I can, you know, put the sentences together in the right way to motivate people. But you know what you wouldn't do? You probably wouldn't compare your kids, your coworkers. Um, I don't know, people at the club, wherever you go. Your softball team, your pickleball. Do you have partners in pickleball? I hate pickleball. Have I ever mentioned that? I hate it. Your partner in pickleball, I mean, you, you know where you don't go? You don't go 9-11 terrorist on people. You just don't. That's not somewhere where anyone can end up. You know, it, it just can't. And I challenge you, is there a way you can reframe that to make it work? Because I, I don't see it. I don't see that panning out for anyone, anytime, under any circumstance. And so now the underachieving head coach of the Buffalo Bills... Well, he's in new territory. Uh, he's in... I don't know what he can do, except say, yeah, that was, a, that was a bad move, bad morning. I'm sorry. That's it. That's all you can do. It's done. So here's something interesting. Have you ever notice? I mean, this is probably true of any organization, but certainly a, a sports team. When it goes bad, it, it's just, it's karma... It's inertia. It's bad luck. It is a world we live in now where um, there's more media than ever, right? Everything is archived. There's never a private moment anymore. Um, so they could, you could say it's just out, you know, it's an agenda out to get people. I mean, you can run through all these reasons why when it goes bad for an organization, when it goes bad for a football team, it just starts spiraling out of control. Whatever you want to call that. In this case, you could say karma, inertia. Uh, some psychology you can apply to this. Bad luck and absolute unbelievable stupidity. I mean, really, really stupid, Coach. When things go wrong, they just flame out, right? It all just seems to go wrong. And now you could argue the same thing happens when it goes right, I guess. But I don't know how this guy ended up here. We've already got the setup. Will three of the four coaches, almost the entire division, be fired next year? Would one of them be the head coach of the Buffalo Bills? It's entirely possible. Are you more likely to whack him once you hear this? You can say, and I'm going to accept it, and I don't know that I would disagree. I don't know the reason why. I don't know how it got out now, but it did. It did. And I just can't think in any single moment how in the world you could look at your team, your coworkers, your kids, <laughs> and say, we've got to get together like the terrorists. Like, what is that? 
how does your mind end up there? Please help. Please. All right. Just to prove to you, like I said, you know, Bill Belichick's got issues. Dude looks homeless anyway, and his team is trash. Robert Sala's got issues all over the place. His team is trash. His owner's a nut job. His quarterback doesn't want to play but made him play. Uh, Then Sean McDermott's team is underachieving. Then Sean decided to go terrorist on everyone. Yeah. There's a story that came out uh, called The McDermott Problem. Writer Tyler Dunn. Apparently, Tyler Dunn is writing about a time that the coach is addressing the team. All right, now put yourself, let's role play for a second. Find whatever motivation you want. Find, pull it out of history, pull it out of, uh, I don't know, make believe. I don't care. Think of what you would do to sort of keep your team dialed in, to keep your team focused. Think in those terms. And if you made a list, I'm not asking you to do, but if you made a list of 10 things, can any one of you ever think that you would go 9-11 terrorist on anyone? Do you find any motivation behind that? Because I'm, I'm not, it's not helping me. All right, here's what he's said. He's owned it. He's apologized. To be fair, I, I, well, we can disagree. Do you think you should get fired for this? Now, this and the team underachieving is the bad, bad mix. I, I wouldn't fire the guy over this. I wouldn't. I, although I really am having a hard time with this guy. Uh, Dunn reports, he told the entire team they needed to come together. Right? Right on. Then, he used a bizarre model. I mean, it's one thing to say, let's get together. Come on. Team me and all these cliches I've been around my whole life. Never this. Never, ever this. He used a strange model. The terrorists on September 11 of 2001, he cited the hijackers as a group of people who were, quote, all able to get on the same page to orchestrate attacks of perfection. Oh, my gosh, coach. (laughs) Really? Huh. I mean, he got like a whiteboard out. He's saying, and do you see how they pulled this off? This is how we have to run the sweep. You see what they did? You see how how dialed in they were? On 9-11, you guys are going to do the same kind of thing, have the same mentality when we're running that sweep. Coach, you lunatic. Would you walk out of the room? Would you say to your boss or coworker or coach, excuse me, coach, stop there, please. I just really want you to stop now. Let's do something else, all right? Let's do something else. I, I, I'm not saying he is a... I, I, I'm not going there. I'm not alleging the guy is like some kind of terrorist sympathizer. I'm not saying he was in on it. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm going to sincerely believe the guy just went knucklehead and thought somehow, some way, he thought this was the right way to motivate his team. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be the worst motivational speech ever given. You want to beat it? I'd love to hear it. I would. Lo- I don't know how you can beat it. Like, what else? What else could get worse? Right? You're gonna go Holocaust on someone? What? What's? What else? What other thing could go worse than this? <sighs> Wait, Jeff. What? Yeah, he told the team they needed to come together. He used a strange model. The terrorists on September 11 of 2001, he cited the hijackers as a group of people who were able to get on the same page to orchestrate attacks to perfection. 
One by one, it's reported, McDermott started asking specific players in the room questions. What tactics do you think they used to come together? So not only is the guy in, he's going to keep it going. <laughs> like, he really prepped for this. Do you run your speeches by anyone? Like your sales pitch? Um, you know, for decades I've taught students, and I'm, I'm not a big fan of practicing speeches. I'm not. But we'd see them standing up there in front of each other with three-by-five cards and, you know, looking in mirrors and all that stuff. Do you think if you were across from someone else and said, hey, hey, Sarah, I got to run this by today. I'm talking to the sales team, really trying to get them motivated, trying to get them on the same page. I want you to check out this speech. I'm going to go 9-11 terrorist on them. What do you think? Oh, it's great, Jeff. Let's go with it. I mean, sales are going to go through the roof. Oh, oh, are you going to talk about bombs and stuff? Well, yeah, of course. How does somebody not say, Coach, blank you, man. What are you doing, man? Get out of my face. Shut up, please. Stop it. Okay, so he then reportedly, one by one, he asked the players, what tactics do you think they used to come together? A young player tried to answer, what do you think their biggest obstacle was? One player, oh God, you guys, one player responded, the TSA. Hey, jackass, the TSA wasn't created then, you fool. That was a big byproduct. Oh, my gosh. Do you feel your brain shrinking with this whole team? The answer was TSA. You do know we didn't have TSA. Maybe he was kidding. I don't know uh, if he was. Is that cool, too? Where are we going with this? As one might expect, the speech left the team stunned. One veteran player described it as a horrible, horrible reference. Everybody was blown away that he went there. Yeah. Since McDermott has confirmed the speech and he has immediately apologized for it. Again, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say, maybe you want to. Maybe it's so dumb and so crazy it's worthy of getting whacked. My point is, it's just all coming apart, man. It's all coming apart. He did issue a statement saying, I regretted mentioning 9-11 in communication. Uh, my message that day, and I immediately apologized to the team. Not only was 9-11 a hor horrific event in our country's history, but a day that I lost good friends. Um, I, I just, I regret it. Signed, Sean McDermott. Coach, 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 coach. Can you think about that, though? Think how crazy the reaction would be if you did that in any setting. Imagine, I can't imagine getting a note home from school that my kid's teacher went there in the name of getting them dialed in and focused. I would say, is he or she fired already by 315 today? Please tell me they're fired. Please tell me they're not around anymore. Got it? Let's get ready, team. Let's go get them. Guys, I want to sit around and talk to you today about focus. I want to talk to you about getting lost in the moment. You know, they say it's the zone, but there's more to it than the zone. You've got to come in with a focus. You've got to be dialed in. You've got to think of certain things. So I want you to think of what it would be like to be a terrorist, guys. Think how together those terrorists are, guys. I mean, then can you imagine going into someone's face 
What tactics do you think they used to come together? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, three of the four are going to be gone out of that division. His team is not awful. They're not the Jets. They're not the Patriots. They're not that. They, they can play really well. In fact, I don't think it's outrageous to say they'll play really well against Kansas City this coming weekend. They're not a terrible team. They're a team that underachieves at times. They're a team that's hit or miss. They're a team, honestly, that doesn't look very focused sometimes. But if you got a team that's 500 or just above 500 and you own the team and you found out this is where the coach went, does it make you, would it make you likely to fire that knucklehead? Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. I don't know what could be. You know, on Fridays, I have nothing to do with it, but a committee of experts select songs that are so awful that no one in their right mind at any point in your life would want to listen to. If you've never heard some of the songs, you're going to think immediately, Jeff, this is pure torture. I hate that song. Nobody would ever like that. Well, that's exactly what the committee has selected, just like the committee selects on most Fridays. I call it Songs That Suck. Your job is, one, to be tortured, but two, identify the song name, the artist, and the year. I think we liked it at the time, unfortunately, but now a little separation. Maybe you're not hammered. Uh, okay, golly, I cannot remember the group's name. I'm going to say 95. 1995, jump around, and in Latin, the group's name, I think, starts with a P. House of Pain. So you're yeah. close. The okay. P was in there. House of Pain. 1992. Okay. Early 90s. Way early. Jump around. Wow. Still remember this from Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really think people liked it. It was good in the t- for the time. Yeah. I think yeah. people will still, you know, nostalgically get uh, down to this, maybe drunk or not be, sober I mean, at yeah, all. Yeah, you got to be really, really <laughs> out of it, man. It's just that whole jump thing. Yeah. Makes everyone else want to jump. I know. Wow. I forgot there were lyrics, you know? And I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever been the rights. You've been every time you ever heard that song, you've been hammered. Right? There's just there's no time in your life when you go, I love this song when you're sober or not high or something else is wrong with you. But now when you separate it out in the middle of the day and you're with it. You know he re- came back, right? As Everlast? Yeah, I remember, knew some remember of him. That. Yeah, yeah. Some I knew with some Santana of that. for a bit. That was yeah, really good. Yeah. I mean, I knew the guy wasn't a clue well. A clueless man, I'll be the right word. I knew there was some something there. I mean, it was he was he was better than that. Let's put it that way. There was more skill than that by House of Pain. Yes, much more. Wow. Okay, uh, let's get to some of the Twitter comments or X comments or whatever they are. Um, needless to say, you've it's hard not to deliver when you find the coach going terrorist on his team at Jeff Ward's show. 
But if I back up, it's pretty remarkable to think almost the entire division is going to lose their coach. <laughs> and the division sucks. And the division was supposed to be great. It was everything the NFL and the networks thought had going. Like, it was all set up, man. It was the Super League with the Super Team. And then seems like every week it gets worse, and now Sean McDermott went. What a cohesive unit the terrorists were. Holy, man. I mean, really? How does somebody not cut you off and go, Hey, co- Coach, I got to help you, man. We got to stop right there, bud. Let's go. Let's go outside for a second. Let's get another PowerPoint presentation. Have you ever been, has anyone listening right now ever been through a presentation? I've had it with students where I've had to say, you got to stop. I got to get you to stop right now because nothing about this is going well. And they cry or scream or say F you. But have you ever been in a meeting or a presentation in which you've said, and I'm not saying they went Sean McDermott and went terrorist, but something so bad you had to go, we got to stop. This is not working. (laughs) We got to pivot. Right? I got to go outside for a second and chat and come up with something else. I just can't believe an assistant coach. A veteran player, uh, any uh, somebody walking by, sweeping the floors, didn't say, "Hey, you knucklehead, come here, come here." What are you doing? Like, really? What are you doing, man? What's your problem? Oh, Sean, seemed like an okay guy before, not now. All right, at Jeff Ward show. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? You know the response. Uh, let's say it together. Everyone said together. Hell no. Hell no. Germans, he's on a roll. You should know that scene. Animal House. Live it. At Jeff Ward's show, what's next? The Manson family really knows how to cut through the clutter? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> like I said, I mean, you really can't get any worse than his examples. You know it? At Jeff Ward's show, as a lifelong Buffalo Bills fan, I wanted McDermott gone before these comments that he's made came out. Bad coaching decisions in big games have cost us at least one trip to the Super Bowl, 13 seconds, underachieving, wasting some of the best years of one of the... And then he stopped. You know, I mean, the, they, they played in one of the greatest football games of all time, lost in one of the great, greatest quarterback duels of all time. I'm not trying to make it okay for Sean McDermott, but, you know, at their best, they ran up against a quarterback and a team, the Chiefs, that will, again, that Buffalo Bills-Chiefs game that went to overtime is going to be one of the greatest games of all time. Two quarterbacks have never been better. That's not their fault. They just didn't finish. They couldn't last as long. So I'll cut them some slack on losing to the Chiefs on that night. Their underachieving this year does not deserve any slack. There's no excuse. None. Um, in fact, they've underachieved more than the Jets. The Jets have a built-in excuse. Not as much as people give them, but I think the Jets have a built-in excuse. The Patriots almost have a better excuse. Their coach is homeless and pushing a shopping cart. The Bills have no excuse. I mean, it's all there. It was all there to take. And, um, my gosh, they lost to the Jets when Aaron Rodgers got injured. But then for this to come out, I know people are going to say, well, it's a hit job. Even if it is a hit job, even if you say, oh, they just selectively released this or whatever, he said it. He said it. 
The fact that it hasn't been made public before now is disturbing. And I'm disturbed that somebody in the room didn't say, Coach, I, I got to go public. I got to tell people what you just did. It's too crazy, man. It's too crazy. You're unhinged. I can't believe it didn't come out before this. I can't believe it. He did say it. He's owned it. He's done all he can, and that is, man, I'm sorry. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. <laughs> Songs that suck Friday all selected by a committee of experts. And the artist, the year, and the song title, no one likes it. No way. Ever. Just when I believe <laughs> I've stabbed my thigh twice now already. I'll do it. I'll go first. Uh, I believe that is Richard Marks. Um, Richard Marks. I uh, have no idea what the song title is. I lived through it. I may have even sucked face to that song for all I know. I have no idea. What a horrible piece of trash. Although it sounds like every other Richard Marks song. Remember he had, uh, man, he was orange back in the videos. He was very orange man. Hold on to the night there you with go. the song title. Nailed Just it. wait around long enough in the radio <laughs> business. You'll figure it out. Hold on to the night. I may have skated to that song. With a members only jacket. Uh, I'm going to say 1982. Close. 87. Not that close. My gosh. Uh, he is Cedric Golden, a very famous writer for the Austin American Statesman. This is called Buy or Sell. It's not about crypto or flipping houses. There are five buy or sell statements made. You either agree or disagree, meaning you either buy or you sell. Two media legends, five topics, and a moment of jackassery. This is Buy or Sell. That's buy or freaking sell. All right, here we go. Buy or sell number one. Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers will pivot to declare for the NFL draft after the final four. Buy or sell. I'm going to sell, but I'm going to hold on to the middle. Oh, no, man. You're not. Don't do that. That's not happening. <laughs> oh, no, no. That's my era. That's my era, man. I bet you sucked face, too, to that song. Oh, uh, man, I'm sure I did, but I never owned a members-only jacket, I don't yeah, think. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I, I did. I, got, I'd love to lie. I'd love to lie and I say got, I didn't, but I did. I, I still got beat up a couple of times, but no, anyway. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to sell on Quinn because he's gotten hurt two years in a row, and that's three straight that's two straight years he's missed significant action. He lights up Washington and all bets are off. Okay. But 
if he has a regular game and they win, I think he still comes back because I think he can improve his draft stock. So many good quarterbacks coming out of this this uh, class. Uh, Drake May from North Carolina, Caleb Williams, J.J. McCarthy, uh, just to name a few. And he was a top 10 overall draft, mock draft uh, selection before the season. He's fallen out of the first round. So uh, if he's just ready to get out of college and, and prove himself, then he'll leave. But here's the thing. If they have the fairy tale and he throws for 350 yards and and all the scouts see it and he shows that great arm talent, maybe maybe he will buy into that hype and leave. But as but since for the purposes of this discussion on December 8th, uh, almost a month before the game, I'm going to sell and I think Quinn comes back. Weren't you the guy that had him losing his starting job to Arch Manning not long ago? If he came back, okay. Um, Arch, yeah. If he comes back, let's assume he's coming I, back. Let's let's. No uh, one. The Texas. The question didn't say he comes back to Texas. He just comes back to play college football. Uh, I think he might. I think he may go somewhere else. Okay. Wow. Uh, how does that go down? I, I I don't know that I disagree with you. I hadn't thought of it yet, but I'm gonna. I don't know that I completely disagree with you. I'm not going to say it wouldn't even be the wrong decision, but that would be fascinating. So that means somewhere along the way, let, let's let's play this out. So I look. I think I think they got a bad draw, but I I think they get beat by Washington just because I don't trust the Texas secondary, and I think that Michael Penix Jr. is going to light up Texas. But it's entirely possible to use your example. It's entirely possible Quinn Ewers lights up Washington and. You know, it's a 52-48 game or something, and he puts up crazy good numbers. You're saying he sits down with his coach and says, you know, I I don't think I'm going to be a first-rounder, but I need to prove that I'm healthy, and I got game in me. And then Steve Sarkeesian interrupts him and says, I know you're going to come back, but I wouldn't do it here because you're not going to get your job back. That's what you think is going to happen? I don't know, but I'm going to tell you, this is, what, this, is the, this is why I'm saying this. So the game, so the Oklahoma State Texas game's a blowout. Yeah, and I've got a tight deadline, so I'm not really watching in the fourth quarter. I'm writing, I'm trying to get my column in, and I hear this big roar go up, and I could have. I was like, did Michael Jackson just walk in? <laughs> I don't know what happened. And I looked up, and, and Arch yep. Manning is behind center. It yep. was the biggest roar. Yeah. I mean, it was bigger than fourth and five at the Rose Bowl. I that's they love this kid. And and they see him as the savior. They see him as the future. Malik Willis doesn't get that kind of love from the from these fans. And Quinn doesn't get this kind of love from the fans. So I think if he came back, I know that Arch Manning didn't come here to sit two years, Jeff. Yeah, I know. He did. He didn't. He's a. I just. I, I, I got to tell you, I've never. I, I just. I can't think of an example in which a guy, quarterback, Texas or otherwise, leads their team to the Final Four, might even get to the final, and then ends up not getting their job back the next year and is playing elsewhere. Um, it would be a fascinating move. I just. I don't know how across from the coach's desk. I can't. I can't see how that conversation can happen. I mean, I don't know who who dictates the terms. The Sarkeesian say to him, "Look, 
You took this program to somewhere it hasn't been since 2005. Thanks a lot. I got to go shoot straight with you, though, bud. You're probably not going to get your job back, so I'd look to go somewhere else. Oh, okay, coach. So I put a trophy in the case. I lit up the number two seed, and I'm not, I need to go, go play somewhere else. And let me tell you something. I'm not saying Sarkeesian says that to Quinn. He's just going to say, man, you're going to have to win this job. Oh, okay. You won the champ. Even if you got him to the finals and won a championship, the, the kid behind you, if the kid behind you is playing that great, and it's a good problem for a coach to have, but in the world of we live in now with NIL and the portal and people signing big checks for named talent, Matt Rule says it costs you $2 million for a good quarterback. Uh, why Why would I stay if I don't know that I'm going to start next year? Yeah, no, I I, I, I get that. I, I just, I, wow. I'm a big believer in the whoever has the hot hand, whichever pitcher is on a roll. You go strike out two dudes and throw a ground ball on the next one, I don't pull you. I've never heard of a situation in which a guy would lose his gig <laughs> playing in the final four, but I, I will I will sell that he declares for the NFL draft because I assume there's enough knowledge around him to say, but you would only be the sixth or seventh quarterback, maybe not that low, but probably the sixth quarterback off the board come NFL time. So yeah, for the sake of the statement, um, I'm selling it too. Buy or freaking sell. Three of the four AFC East coaches will not return next year. Buy or sell. I'm going to sell. Uh, we know Mike McDaniel for, for the Miami Dolphins is safe. They're the number one seed. I think that that, that the GQ Natalie attired Bill Belichick is out. Okay. Uh, he's gonna, he's going to go coach the Chargers. I see that coming. Oh. That's a great move for him. A quarterback in Justin Herbert that can return him to relevancy. Sean McDermott of the Bills, got to go. He's as good as gone. Uh, they've underachieved. They've got the Chiefs, Cowboys, and Dolphins down the stretch. Do you think he survives that gauntlet? No, no way. No. Um, I think Robert Saleh of the Jets is going to come back. It's not his fault that Aaron Rodgers blew out his yeah. Achilles. It's not his fault that the organization drafted Zach Wilson to be the quarterback. And so I think he may actually stick around. I believe he has the respect in that locker room. There are some building blocks with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Quinnen Williams and Quincy Williams. Uh, they have some talent. Uh, but what's that that defensive back's name? Uh, God, I can't Sa even Sauce remember. Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. Yep. Sauce Gardner is on that team. So he's got some nice weaponry, some some building blocks, and he got a bad hand this year. I think Saleh comes back. So I, um, you're right. You're right on Belichick and McDermott and McDaniel coming back. But I think Saleh is going to get the benefit of a doubt, and I think he's going to get another year with the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. I'm selling. I'm going to buy, although that was – those are good points. First of all, you know about the Sean McDermott. I just got finished ranting on this guy. He went 9-11 on his team, right? You heard about that where he used what the – What an idiot. I mean, that's just – that's that what it was shot. 
What are you doing? Do you want to lose your job? <laughs> Quit talking about terrorists communicating well. They're terrorists. You lose your They're job. How about, well, but how, about, how about get tased and get your ass kicked kind of thing? Um, oh, my God. I yeah. can't believe you said I know. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. So... I'm with you. They're 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 just a mess, and they have no excuses. So that one's done. Uh, the homeless guy with the shopping cart, the bad shirt and hair, um, he's done. I, I I go back and forth on whether if I were a team with a young quarterback, if I'm if I'm the Bills, if I'm if I'm the if I'm the Chargers, if I'm the Bears, if I'm I don't know that I hire Bill Belichick. I, I just. He's seventy one. I know, it? and it and it feels like it, and it sounds like it, and it looks like it, man. It just it's just something about that guy. There's nothing walking. wrong with old people. Well, at least they comb their hair and wash their clothes. Typically, the guy showed a pulse last night against the Steelers. I know, I know. I, I just I I don't know that I would do it. I really don't, to be honest. And I think for all you said about Robert Sala and how it's you know the organization is you know really. The organization was dumb in letting Aaron Rodgers dictate the terms because every suggestion and every hire that he's gotten there has backfired on them. The whole Aaron Rodgers experiment has backfired on them far more than just his Achilles. The owner's a moron. I'm going to guess you're right. It's not Robert Sala's fault, but I feel like it's such a dumpster fire. He gets caught up in that and... The crazy owner does a crazy owner thing and, and whacks him, too. Either way, the division is just turned into complete trash. Buy or freaking sell. LeBron James is underappreciated and should be considered the best player ever. Buy or sell? I sell. He's the best flopper ever. Jeez. And he does a, and he does a good job with that top topics that you put on your over your ball spot. He does a good job with that. Does he do that really? Uh, uh, I, I we got a close up view of him last night. Me and oh. my cousin and my cousin goes. He's got that topic stuff. I I, I think he does. What does I that mean? Like just some? He just got some. Put some dark ink on the top of his head. Powder. It's like a powder. And it stays. Yeah, yeah. It's like a powder. TV guys use it all the time. Oh. Um, I didn't know that. LeBron James has the best stats of all time, but he's not the best player ever. Michael Jordan is the best player ever. And you know who you know who gets overlooked, Jeff Ward, in these conversations? Unfairly so. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I, I know. Should be considered top two or three. He won at every single level. Yeah, I know. High school, college, pro. I think but, five but, in, but think about in your life, even when they were on their great runs, he was the third person ever mentioned, even on the Lakers. It's just in my lifetime, it's not until you step back and say, Hey, think about all this stuff he's done. He's been he's sort of had a LeBron like career. The guy was a rock star when he was a teenager and then went on to win and play forever at, at every single level. It's just that the way he plays, the way he conducted himself He's never top of mind. And that's not right, but he's just never top of mind. And he revolutionized the game with he the did. most unstoppable weapon in the history of history, sports. And history, it, absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. So he, he always gets overlooked. I think I think LeBron James is a top top five player of all time. His numbers bear it out. He's still great at 38, but uh, he didn't go 6-0 and in the finals. He didn't. 
and he quit against the Mavericks in 2011. I I covered some of that series. He quit during that series, and I I just think that he and, you know and he he duped the refs in the uh, teeing up Draymond Green and getting him suspended. He wouldn't have gotten a another ring there. So I think LeBron James is a great player. Uh, he's he's one of the best big guards to ever play. Uh, but uh, I don't I don't put him in the same class with Michael Jordan. Great talent, but Michael Jordan was one thing that I don't think LeBron James has ever been, and that's a killer. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I'm gonna. I'll try to disagree with you. I, I'm I'm selling it as yeah, I'm selling part yeah. of this. I'm I'm gonna sell that he's the best player ever, but I do think he's underappreciated. I do, and I wonder. If we're not two old guys who are never going to get away from what we saw with Michael Jordan, right? We can't unsee that. You know, a game where every every finals, every crucial moment, you and I in every human being watching said, watch this, watch what he just does right now. He's about to close this game out. So we can't get away from that ever. So I wonder if it's an age thing. I wonder if you had somebody that's 32 and you said, hey, look, you know of Jordan, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Watch the documentary. Well, who would you say is the best ever? Would a bunch of 32-year-olds say LeBron James? Probably. Let me ask you this, and I'm going to ask you this. How would LeBron James have fared against a bad boy Pistons? No, it, it wouldn't. But, see, that's another thing that I think him. is... They would have crushed him. Oh, they would have crushed him. I know. I mean, this is actually... First of all, I want to say this about LeBron James. He has been a rock star since he was a teenager in a time period media-wise that is the most difficult time to be a rock star, right? The guy is genuinely respected. He genuinely handles himself well. He is fit. He is healthy. He is a righteous dude. Um, and I'm going to say that. Role model. He really Great is. I'm going to say that about him. In a time in which every moment of any star's movement, we get to see it good and bad, you don't hear bad stuff. He doesn't do stupid stuff. He is, uh, it's pretty admirable, really. I mean, if, if Michael Jordan lived in this time, the public would hate oh my God. him. The public would hate his guts because he was a jackass. They almost, they almost got him back then with the gambling. Yeah. He was, a, he was a bad guy. I mean, so they're completely different eras, socially, media-wise, and I agree with you. They're completely different. The game is completely different. So, I mean, I don't even know if it's fair to compare the two. Um, because it's almost unfair to LeBron James to say, you know, dude, if you would have played back then where they punched you in the face all the time, and he'd say, well, I don't play in a time like that. What are you going to do to me? Why are you punishing me because I wasn't around to play the Pistons? So I kind of I kind of think that we sound like get-off-my-lawn guys when we do that because mm-hmm. it's, yep. it's just a different time. It's just a completely different sport that Michael Jordan played versus Steph Curry and LeBron James. And LeBron would have been an all-star in that era. Yeah, it just would have been a lot tougher for him than it is in this one. I just, I just, th- I don't think. I guess maybe because we have perspective, and you come from the media business. I don't think we have perspective on how amazing it is LeBron James has run his, has operated in his career. You know what? I mean, it's, it's hard to be that famous and not be dumb at times. And they don't. They and there's nothing on LeBron. Nothing. He he has been a tremendous role model. He's he's done more for poor people. You know what? My, Michael Jordan was not a good husband. No. Uh, at times was not a good teammate. 
And if you if you watched his Hall of Fame speech, it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're you're a butthole, MJ. What are you doing? Yeah. I mean, that's who he was, though. Yeah. And it was kind of sad that he was good. He wasn't good at anything else but basketball. Yeah. But, but you're right, though. I mean, he was. I mean, the difference between those two guys for all the talent LeBron has, and it's a freakish talent. Jordan was just a killer, man. The dude would cut your heart out. He'd cut out the, his teammates' heart out. He'd cut out any wives that he had. He would cut their hearts out, too. He was just a killer. Buy or freaking sell. Load up on the Cowboys at minus three and a half and the over at 51 and a half against the Eagles. Buy or sell. Oh, my God. We're about to go Robert Downey Jr. in less than zero. <laughs> Jeez, where did that come days. from, um, So you've had, you've had a, had a uh, Richard Marks song you've done, and now you've gone less than zero. Okay. Great, great drug movie. Yeah. Just a great drug movie. Um, golly, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to sell that one. And I know we've been token up here the last few weeks. Mm. Um <laughs> I like the Cowboys minus three and a half, and I would load up on that. But I don't think this game is going to be as high scoring as one might think. Um, I, I I feel I feel a twenty four twenty type game, so I would. I'm horrible at over unders, just horrible at them. That's a coin flip, and I'm bad at it. I, I say load up at the Cowboys at three and a half, but I'm not. I'm not going to smoke that crack rock. On the over, we know the Eagles aren't the same team they were a month ago. They were lucky to beat the Bills, a 59-yard field goal in the rain to force overtime. And I think Dallas takes big advantage this week. They're playing as well as any offense in the league right now. That defense, that secondary is a little questionable. We know Jalen Hurts isn't 100%, and the Eagles have not been good lately. I think they're ripe for the taking. The Cowboys could have beaten them in Philly. Uh, but I really believe that Dallas is going to take advantage and forge a tie atop the NFC East. I'm selling that parlay, but I'll, I would load up on that three and a half. I think Dallas wins like twenty four to twenty. Yeah, I hate to uh, I hate to agree across the board because I've, if, according to you, I'm a Dallas Cowboys face painter who also smokes the Cowboys crack. Um, I, I sell you it too it, because man. I mean the whole it. NFL trend. I think this is easy. You know, smart bettors, money guys are not dumb ever. But I think this is getting caught up in a couple things. One, the fact that they're just on fire at home. Yeah, but they're on fire at home against trash teams. So I I just, I don't, I'd be careful of that one. The other part is the trend in the NFL is under. Um, And these two teams are going to be desperate. They're. I just I don't see Dallas lighting them up. I don't see Philadelphia lighting up Dallas at all. But I don't even see Dallas lighting them up. I'm with you. I think it's uh I think it's I think it's well under 51. I think this game is actually in a weird way. Everyone is going to be focused on the two quarterbacks and say they decide everything here. I don't completely agree. I think these two defenses decide everything. And I tell you the oh, guy yeah. the guy that will if if Dallas is to win. The guy that will have to play lights out will be Micah Parsons. He's the difference. If he can chase down Jalen Hurts, if he can box in Jalen Hurts and do what the 49ers did, if he can wreck that game, Dallas wins and Dallas covers pretty easily. That's my opinion. 
buy or freaking sell. All right, final buy or sell. The trend of players sitting out of bowl games is unfair to the program and teammates. Buy or sell. Selling that all day long. I mean, these guys have spent their entire careers, and I just love when they when they're in a big bowl game or in a a, a conference title game. They've got the nice mug shot up, and they've got their <laughs> hometown, their height, their weight, their class, and then they put their major. But they but it's always something like youth and community studies or something <laughs> like that. It's never football. Everybody majors in football. They spend more time on football than they do on any class. And so I think uh, when you major in football and when it comes to time that your hard work is about to pay off and you don't want to risk injury in a meaningless bowl game because you're going to be a first or second round draft pick and then you're labeled selfish, I think that's unfair. Is it fair when a head coach goes into your mama's living room and says, I'm going to take care of your baby, and then two weeks after signing day, he bolts for another job, and you're stuck having to navigate the portal at 18 years of age? Uh, or back in the day when you were you had to be there for a year, even though the coach misled you, and knowing that he was interviewing for other jobs? That's the part that's not fair to me. The players have the power now, Jeff. Give them, uh, give them the respect they deserve, and and if it's you know if it's a beast, you know like if it's a CFP, you got playing that thing. That 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 is that is the ultimate. That's a championship. That's history. But if I'm but if I'm getting ready to play in the weed eater Poolland Bowl, and I'm a first round draft pick, man, I'm I'm not playing. And if Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. DeMarvion Overshawn, they were ravaged on Twitter last year for skipping the Alamo Bowl. And I was all for them skipping that bowl game because those guys needed to get ready uh, for, for their NFL careers. And poor DeMarvion still blew his knee out in training camp. But I, I, I think this is a instance where the kids should have that authority to make that call and do what's best for them and their families. I sell. I sell like crazy. I hate this statement. I hate when I hear people try to make this argument. I can't think of anything more narrow-minded, um, disconnected, and I think kind of discriminatory when people start, old dudes start ranting about this. It is, it is idiotic. Here, here's the example that I would try to give people. So, and I think, you know what I think? I think Caleb Williams, the minute the USC was out of the conference championship, he should have done. You should have said Absolutely. I'm done. I mean, there's there's the only reason and I here's the thing where I, I think people lose sight of stuff. First of all, most people have never been at the brink of being a star themselves. You don't get many chances to be a star. This is it for you. This is your only chance. One mistake and you know, you're not playing until you're fifty-two. You got a three to five year window at best, and you're crazy not to take advantage of it. And I and I argued with quite a few people about Caleb Williams when I said the kid should go shut it down. He should go tell his coach and say, you know what? I've done all I can here. I wish you guys well, but I can't take any more risk. I need to go train and get healthy. And I will promise you, if you polled his entire team, all of his teammates, they would say, I'd do the exact same thing, man. Go get what's coming to you. All those guys in that locker room, all of your opponents would say the same thing. 
because all those guys know what goes into it, and they all know the margin of error and how short that shelf life is. And I think coaches do too. I think coaches are just selfish at times. But this is one of the most ridiculous criticisms of an athlete that I can think of. And not only do I think you should just bail if you think you're going to be taken in the NFL draft, I think you should bail even to a big bowl game. If you're not playing in the semifinal and you're going to be a first-rounder next year, you're nuts if you play in one of those bowl games. Nuts. Ask, ask Jalen Smith. Ask Jalen Smith right. about that. I mean, he blew his knee out in the Orange Bowl, and, 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 and now he's struggling to stay in the league because of an injury that happened in his last college game. Right. If someone came up to me and said, you know what, Sid, um, uh, I'm going to give you um, $30 million, you know, but you can't you can't do buy or sell anymore. I would leave in the middle of this oh, sentence. Oh, yes. Oh, man, what a jackass, just would. man. What I just would. There's my moment of jackassery. I'm so out of here. Uh, you'd be like, man, that fat guy bailed on us. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he, he took did. the 30 mil. Yeah, he did. It's um, but like I said, the, you know, people, people will say, "Well, you can get hurt anywhere. You can, you can go do a training session and get hurt." And what they need to realize, well, these guys have insurance. They only have insurance if their career is ruined, if it's catastrophic. They don't have insurance to cover um, a pulled hamstring that is not healthy come draft time. They don't have insurance that covers, uh, you know, uh, a bad shoulder that comes up at a bowl game that drops them some. I mean, they get catastrophic insurance if they lose everything. So it's it's not worth the risk. I mean, your whole job, your whole livelihood for most of them is determined on, one, how healthy they are come draft time and how fit they are come draft time. That's their and job. Good. That's their job. Yep. That's right. And good on DeMarvion Overshawn. He blew his knee out, but he was a an employee of the Dallas Cowboys when he did it. When he did it, yep. That, if he'd done it before then, he wouldn't have gotten drafted as high, and who knows where he'd be right now. You know, I can't I can't tell you how many teammates that, that I've had that you realize, one, most of them are not going to make a team. But even if you do, you're most likely done with the thing you've been doing most of your life and been one of the best at. You're most likely done before you're 27. That's it. True. For most guys. Small window. I mean, and that's it. I mean, who wouldn't right now listening, if I said to you, you got three years, if you're lucky, you got three years to play your ass off and be as healthy and as fit as you can be to try to get that next contract. Because when you get that next contract, you're set for life. But you've got three years. second one that matters. Not that's right. You've got one. three years to get there, and no one listening right now would run the risk of losing that. No one would. And, and I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's mean-spirited to suggest otherwise. I really do. That sounded righteous, didn't it? I liked it. All right. All right, man, as always, good stuff. Have a good weekend. Later, brother. This is Buy or Sell.